Welcome into the NASCAR Betting Preview Show podcast. This is the Truck Series edition of the pod. And no, I am not your host, Derek Yoder. If you're looking for him, voice might sound a little bit different. No, I am his, I guess you would call it co-host of the Truck Series pod that we do each time they are racing. The schedule this week was definitely very wonky with a lot of the different shows that we had going on and our own personal schedules kind of getting in the way. So um, we had some plans to try to record and Derek got caught up last minute. So I'm going to fly a little solo here and we'll see how it goes this week. But we're going to be getting to Charlotte and the North Carolina Education Lottery 200 this week. But before we do, as always, we need to take a look back at how we did just a uh, a week ago at North Wilkesboro, and that was a points-paying race. Unlike the All-Star race for the Cup Series, that was a points-paying race, and it was the first time in a long time, probably all season, where we as gamblers on that race did not come out with, uh, I guess, a victory. Uh, we definitely took a bath at North Wilkesboro, and I need Derek's shoulder to cry on on this segment, I guess. Um, really only hit one bet. And that was Majeski for a top five at plus 170. The rest were definitely tough to swallow. Um, so our strategy heading in was, hey, don't worry about the name on the truck and, you know, just worry about the equipment. And that proved to be fatal, a uh, fatal decision there with Kyle Larson, because second half of that race, he was just dominating. Every restart, you think, OK, maybe this is the one. Every pit stop, you think maybe this is the one where they mess up for him. And no, I mean, Kyle Larson, and even in the Cup Series race, just proved that he was a man amongst boys on that track. So it's tough. You know, obviously, we didn't hit an outright. The head-to-heads were also tough to swallow. We took Byron's plus money over Larson. That didn't pan out. Um, we had Ben Rhodes over Friesen. That didn't pan out. And uh, one of the toughest ones, the, the hardest ones that hit me the worst was we had Corey Heim over Bubba Wallace, and Wallace, who was really a non-factor all race, stays out there on old tires and is able to hang on and wins that matchup by a spot. That was just killer. So that's when you know you really don't have it. So not a good race at North Wilkesboro, and we were kind of due for a, a down week. So glad we got it out of our system on a track that we didn't really have a lot of info to work off of, and uh, we will move on. Because this weekend of racing is just fantastic. And I love the fact that the Cup Series is mixed in with IndyCar and Monaco for F1 on Sunday. But the Truck Series, they get to kick things off for the whole weekend. So Friday Night Lights, that's what we love about the Truck Series, right? Friday Night Lights is what we get this time around at Charlotte. And they start the weekend on practice at 135 okay qualifying will happen right after that so we're going to see practice for about a half hour weather permitting as always we got to say that and then qualifying is at two o'clock the race itself is at 8 30 so that's a pretty big window there from the end of qualifying to the race i think we should see the lines pop back up again and have something to work off of after we get to see these guys on the track at Charlotte's another mile and a half racetrack so we're going to have some good information to be able to work off of now before we get to that data that I'm working off this week worth just touching on the race last year 
2022, the winner of the race was Ross Chastain. If you go back and kind of rewatch that, it started off pretty quiet. There was not a caution at all through the first stage. Actually, midway through the second stage, they hadn't had a, a caution for any racetrack action. It was just the stage break. Um, and then towards the end of that race, it got a little squirrely. We had a, a few green-white checker restarts, an overtime situation, and Chastain was able to somehow Hold on, he got a push from Enfinger there late, and that sent him to the lead. And Kurt Busch was convinced that he was like down a cylinder and was still able to kind of hang on to that victory there in the 41 truck for Nice. So a uh, good race for them, I guess. But the point being, you know, it was quiet through the first half of that race, and then it got very aggressive. Um, and if you're looking at those restarts, I mean, there were cars, it was like, four wide just like in bunches very very squirrely so i think it's worth trying to anticipate that happening again i don't know why we wouldn't see something like that so looking at the data that i'm pulling from this week to try to be dangerous and find some right bets to be on i think we got to look at a couple different things i love the mile and a half tracks for gambling purposes because they are you know, the cookie cutter tracks and as fans, um, historically might have been a little bit more boring, but more recently as fans, they've been pretty entertaining and especially in the truck and Xfinity series. And so now it's like the best of both worlds. The, the fans are entertained by these races and the gamblers have a lot of info they can pull from. So we're looking at Charlotte specifically and the last five racers or so. Now you got to keep in mind that some of these young guys haven't raced all five of those times, but that's the, the data set that I'm plugging in there from Charlotte. And then you get to look at 2023. I mean, some of these drivers hadn't participated last year at Charlotte. So what do we have for them? Well, in this season, we've got three mile and a half racetracks that we've been to so far. That's Vegas, Texas, and Kansas. So we have that information to kind of dig into. And then, of course, we're going to be relying on things like green flag speed from last year's race. You know, who was fast, who wasn't, late in the run, speed, that sort of thing. It's always something to call out uh, if it's worth it. And then, win the race. Our guy Ryan Stevens, his website is just phenomenal. I saw they, they made an update this week for the, the Cup Series. I mean, if you don't subscribe to winthereace.info yet, I don't know. I mean, I'm not getting pushed by Ryan to say this. It's just so huge to have another website to pull from and utilize for information and, and data gathering. It's really great. So they added this week their true performance ranks headed into the weekend, and they're actually looking at Darlington as well. It's the intermediate tracks for the true performance rank. And then also something else that I look at that they put out there is the pre-rank. So the true performance rank is kind of an aggregate of a look at the season so far for all of those comp tracks. And then for this particular track, they have a page for the pre-rank uh, rankings or pre-qualifying practice rankings for the race. So this week it's Charlotte. So we look at all of that stuff and then try to see what comes out the other side. So that's the information that we're working off of. Now the odds are out. It took them a little while. I would have liked to have seen them a little earlier and maybe Derek would have been able to do this with me if they did get it out there a little bit earlier, but I digress. The Starting point that I think it's worth going for is the fact that there are no Cup Series drivers in this race. We finally get to see the Truck Series guys duke it out amongst themselves. So what does that mean to you as the gambler? Well, it means that 
finishing position bets like top fives, for example, there's more real estate there. You don't have to worry about Byron or Larson or Kyle Busch or Chastain taking up a spot from one of these guys who are in the race every weekend in the truck series. So the stats would still be there, but you know that Cup Series guy taking up a spot in that top five impacts that. So keep that in mind. We finally get to see these guys duke it out, and it's going to be really cool to see. Zane Smith is your favorite, which is fine. It's fine by me. You can get him at plus 325, I think, is the best value. Saw that on Barstool, I believe, and uh, Bet Rivers, and maybe anybody else that shares those APIs. So that is your starting point, Zane being the favorite. And, you know, wanting to take something on Zane, nothing really makes sense as far as a bet is concerned other than taking Zane to win the race, which is a shame. So he's, you know, plus 325. I'm thinking, all right, well, how can I get him? Can I get him top three? You know, so he doesn't have to like go out and do the whole whole damn thing. He's minus 103 to finish top three. So he's already minus money when you get that far down. Looking at his stats as to why I'd be interested in him, last five races, he's been here three times at Charlotte. He's got two top fives and three top tens. His average finish in that time span is 6.0. That is first at Charlotte in the truck series. His driver rating is second out of everyone. So you say, all right, good at Charlotte. What about this year in 2023? The mile and a half tracks, he's second in average finish there. It was a second place finish at Texas to Kyle Busch, where Kyle was looking to race him towards the end. He finished third at Kansas, and he had a 14th place finish at Texas. But if you remember, he was up front towards the end of that race and got taken out by somebody else's um, mistake there. So he's just really good on these mile-and-a-half racetracks this season in the Cup Series. He's first in driver rating. I mean, what else do you really need to say this season? So he's great this season on mile-and-a-halves. Really good, if not the best, at Charlotte specifically. Um, and no Cup guys are in the field. The path seems clear for Zane Smith. He's a favorite for a reason. Won stage one, hands down, last year in this race. Um, he ends up finishing fifth. His green flag speed was fifth. So to me, the the choice is clear. I got to have Zane Smith outright this week as a protection because I just, we, we talked about it week in and week out. And then Larson went out and did my biggest fear last weekend where you see a guy just stinking up the show and you don't have anything on him. I don't want that this week. I'm not fading the favorite this week like we did at North Wilkesboro because Zane Smith makes all the sense in the world according to the numbers. So 325, plus 325 for Zane to win outright is a solid choice. Um, I would definitely pay attention to practice and qualifying. Maybe he doesn't bring his A game. I mean, last week he he didn't even qualify, which was brutal because we had him over Bell in an outright and went down with that ship. But practice and qualifying, maybe if it's not, completely on point and somebody else uh, steals the show, you might be able to get him a different number. So if you don't want to take him before the race, you know, what are they going to move him down to? Like plus 250? I, I, that'd be crazy if they did that. So uh, Zane Smith outright pick is the first topic for tonight. Now, the next driver I want to get to is somebody that I absolutely love this week, was just chomping down at the bit to talk about this guy, and it's Corey Heim. 
on time Corey Heim is what I keep texting Derek uh, when he does well in practice and qualifying. He's plus 650 this week. He's plus 105 for a top five. Give me both of those, man. Now, he doesn't have any career starts at Charlotte. He was with KBM, and Kyle would drop down, at least he did last year, in the 51 truck and ran that Charlotte race. So we don't have any historical data to go off of, but we do have this season. Oh, baby. And this season on mile and a half, his average finish is 4.3. That is first in the truck series. It bests Zane Smith there. His finishes were fourth, seventh, and second. So just really good numbers. And that's a, a two top fives, three top tens. He's the only guy in the series to have three top tens in the mile and a half racetracks this season. His driver rating in those starts second compared to everyone. Again, Zane Smith. So we talk about how good Zane is, and he's plus 325. We're talking about Corey Heim, plus 650. Whew, I like those numbers a lot there. His pre qualifying and practice rank on win the race is second and second is uh to christian eckes now the thing that i need to disclose there the the win the race site uh is definitely taking into consideration darlington and we know that christian eckes performed really well at darlington so a lot of the stuff that i'm looking at is not including darlington i'm just strictly looking at the mile and a half so if you were to remove darlington from the win the race um, calculations i would bet that he is the top of the board for sure so practice is well his qualifying efforts though on these mountain has puts him around 10.3 or so and then he's able to move through the field and that's somebody who's frisky and that's somebody that i really like to throw money on so plus 650 if he goes out and puts the car 10th maybe he drops down to like seven to one 750 uh who knows but i i like it i don't want to risk going down i don't want to risk not taking him and having him dominate put the car up front and uh losing that plus 650 number so Corey heim on time Corey heim taking him outright and top five plus 105 now he has an interesting matchup because when i see these guys i'm thinking to myself how can i you know bet them how can i make money on them and i wanted to take Corey heim in a top excuse me in a head-to-head matchup just couldn't find anyone the only guy that he's up against on all these books it's the same thing and it's nick sanchez so the best bet you can have here for heim and sanchez they're both going off at minus 110 on betfred and any of the sites that are equal to betfred like in pa we have wind creek so definitely search around if you don't have betfred active in your state yet you might have another side casino type uh, app to bet it on like we have in PA with Wind Creek. So minus 110, but on most books that this is available, he is minus 125 as the favorite over Nick Sanchez. Now my thought on Sanchez, okay, is I like what I'm seeing from this young driver. I, coming in before I started pouring through the numbers, was thinking I really like Sanchez for a top five. He's plus 110. I think I'd prefer to see that maybe like plus 150 or something. The books are definitely on to him. The books are definitely paying attention to him. And that's why he's plus 110 for a top five. Uh, But, you know, it, it makes sense because he's been so damn good early in the day on these, you know, one day shows where practice and, and qualifying, he's just blowing the roof off of everybody. He's killing these mile and a halfs. 
and making everyone take pause and say, damn, you know, do I have anything on Sanchez? I better get something on him. The problem is he hasn't been able to really finish these races. Um, 30th, 16th at Texas, where he led a lot, and then 6th at Kansas. So, you know, not able to finish. He hasn't gotten into the top five yet this year, despite the fact that his average starting position has been 3.0. That's wild. So the question around Nick Sanchez is, can he finish the race? Is he getting more mature as we go along? Clearly his finishes say so, right? 30th, 16th to 6th. If that pattern were to continue, he would be in that top five. Um, So I'm not going to dissuade anyone from taking him to win outright or win a hit a top five bet question is can he put all the pieces together so the reason i brought up sanchez as you remember is because he's going up against Corey heim in a head-to-head matchup i like heim over sanchez in that matchup it does make me pause a little bit but the fact that i'm you know really all in on the 11 truck uh makes me feel like i gotta say yeah i i gotta go with it uh but we did this a few weeks ago and it panned out I think I would take Heim over Sanchez in this matchup because I expect Heim to be in the top five. And I would also take Sanchez for a top five as well and just think, you know, maybe it's Heim third and Sanchez fifth or something like that. It worked out a few weeks ago with Majeski and Zane Smith. So just throwing that out there now um, and, and throwing that point out there to everyone is really just trying to say I'm not down on Sanchez all right that's not what I'm trying to say by taking Heim over him uh, I'm very much interested in the two truck it's just I haven't seen the greatest number for him as far as the top five's concerned and I don't see him against anybody else in a head-to-head that I would be interested in so that's the only way at this point in time that I would find to play Sanchez is uh, a top five because he's going to have to do something he hasn't done yet this year. Now, this is where I'm really missing Derek because I came in wanting to talk to him about a driver that I need help with. Ty Majeski is just turning into a bit of an enigma for me here, and I don't know how to play him. And so maybe if you're listening to this podcast, send us a message on Twitter, you know, under when Derek puts it out there for everyone, comment on this. All right, because I need a way to play Majeski. It's he's strange cat looking at these numbers, man. Six top five finishes this season. That's the most in the truck series in the 10 starts in the 2023 season. The problem is I can't trust him to win a race right now. Right now, we said going into the season, if he's going to start winning races, it's going to be on these mile and a halfs. I just haven't really been able to see Majeski dominate i guess like i thought he would right so let's just kind of take a step back here the last five races at charlotte it's only been here a couple times his average finish is 9.3 that's fourth out of everyone uh driver rating again fourth so it's not too shabby but a driver who has the most top fives in the series his average finish on the three comp tracks mile and a half this season is seventh out of everyone, 11.3. So it's not like correlating the way I want it to, to be able to throw money on him. Because my thought was, yeah, I mean, let's let's get down with the top five here and call it a day. But his top five number is minus 175. Like, that's crazy. 
right? That just doesn't compute with me. So then you're looking for value and you're going for a top three, and that's where he's like right about even. But that's even a bit of a an ask for the trajectory that Majeski has been on. He's been doing well this season. Just as far as the bets are concerned, I can't find a right spot to play him because then you say, all right, well, maybe you take him in a head-to-head against Zane Smith. He's plus 125, so you're getting plus money there to beat one other driver just happens to be the best driver in the field, and I don't feel too comfortable in that. I mean, I think... <laughs> You know, push comes to shove, I would probably throw Zane minus 130 into a, a parlay um, over Majeski there. So it's just because we haven't seen Majeski step up and really take the bull by the horns. Um, I thought what he did at North Wilkesboro was great to, to get out there and um, make those moves and finish top five. That was great. But these mile and a halfs, we haven't seen it. His win the race pre-rank number is eighth. Out of everyone, that doesn't make me feel warm and cozy inside for a you know head-to-head matchup against Zane, who's listed as third going into this race, um, and we know how big those discrepancies are. You know when we're looking at that. So Majeski, I need help. You know, is it just a no play? Do we let him go out and win, and we just say, hey, you know, good, because we have that season win total on him over one and a half races this year, so uh, we always kind of have something on him. But he's a, a driver that I need a little help with if we want to throw something on him. Now, another driver talking here about Carson Hosevar as a value play all around. I think Carson Hosevar at plus 1,000, 10 to 1 to win the race is a decent value bet. We'll also throw his top five number out there in a second, but he's got two starts at Charlotte. He's got one top five. Two top 20s. His average finish is 9.0. He finished second in the 2021 race. Now, this is where it gets interesting for Hosevar because in 2022, if you go back and you look at that race, you look at the loop data as well, he was the fastest car there. Fastest car in that race. Top in green flag speed. And another important stat was he was the fastest car late in a run. And we talked about how there, you know, went a lot of, uh, caution free laps there in the first half of that race uh, so he's that continues to be the case he's going to put himself in a good position here but he was put in the wall and one of the restarts late in the race he was out front and I, I might have been his own teammate Chastain I, I can't remember uh, but somebody got squirrely into him and he was getting a little messed up and ends up wrecking out uh, of the race there with like a lap to go so uh, not a great finish there for Hosevar, and obviously, you know, that's not going to cash any tickets, but the point remains, they were fast as hell last year at Charlotte, which is very interesting to me. He's got the first driver rating in the last five races at Charlotte, first top average driver rating in the truck series uh, in that time frame. So that is just super important to me because it's trying to say like, yeah, he might not have had that finish, but he's been good here. Um, this season, he's got a win on mile and a half, fluky as it was. He won at Texas. So these are good things here for the 42 truck. And no Chastain this week in the 41. He's got Bailey Curry in there. He's the dog, right? He's the big guy. All the focus is going to be on Carson. They know that they were good last year. They're out to prove him wrong. And plus 1,000 is just very, very good value to me for a truck that was Head and shoulders faster than everybody. So um, 
Love that. Also love plus 150 for a top five. I think that's valuable, right? I If you had a, a Josevar versus Sanchez bet, I would be interested in Josevar. So plus 150 for a top five? Man, give me that all day. So those are some of the drivers that I like towards the top of the board. And so now I think we can get into a little head-to-head action. I got two of them called out here. And the first one, I really... Again, I'm going to elicit some feedback from you here because this one could definitely get contentious. But it's my guy in that four truck, Chase Purdy, going up against Matt DiBenedetto. Matty D versus Purdy. And I'm going to make a case for Chase Purdy here. They are even odds on bet fret, but uh, minus 120 most places that you see this matchup. Uh, Purdy is the favorite. So... This is a tough one to kind of handicap because Matty D has only been in the truck series for a year before this, and Purdy's been in much different lower-level equipment. So Charlotte, for Matty D, he's only got one race in the trucks last season in 2022, and he finished 17th. Chase, you know, in that 61 truck last year, as far as speed was concerned, Matty D had a lot more of it. Purdy didn't have much for him in that category, that's for sure, which is expected. Uh, even though Matty D's team isn't like, you know, top dog team, it's still uh, a better squad than that 61 truck was. So the thing that's alarming is that Purdy finished 15th, two spots ahead of Matty D in that 61 truck. And now in 2023, he's driving for one of the series best teams in that four truck and Kyle Busch Motorsports. And just looking at the season statistics is really giving us that apples to apples comparison that we were looking for, whereas we can't really do that at the Charlotte historical data. So let's take a look at the true performance, you know, win the race stats or the rankings because Matty D is slightly ahead of Purdy. But this is one that I'm not really sure why. Because if we're looking at those apples-to-apples comparisons, Purdy is 10th in average finish on these mile-and-a-half racetracks so far this season, 14.3. And, you know, looking at it, he practices pretty strong. He qualifies strong. And he's been able to to go out and secure a top five, two top tens. Now, those equate to a seventh place finish, a second place finish, and a 33rd. So he wrecked out of the last race we were in. But against Matty D, head to head, Purdy is two and one this season. Matty D's statistics are not really that great. A 12th, a 32nd, and a 29th on these mile and a half. Driver rating is 89 and change compared to Matty D's 72 and change. So Purdy, with this upgraded equipment, you know, he's going to put you in that top 10 vicinity. And Matty D has not shown that strength so far this season. You know, whether it's average running position or green flag speed or whatever the case is this year on these mile and a half, Matty D is just not impressing me. So for that reason, I was looking for a way to play Purdy. The, the top five number seems like it might be a bit of a stretch. So I'll take him head-to-head versus Matty D this week and see what comes out in the wash. So that's why, you know, saying this might be a little interesting. Uh, I know Purdy's been my my horse when we do the Venmo bet, so uh, anybody out there wants to make a case for Matty D, without a doubt, 
open to listening to that. But to me, the stats, the only stats that aren't pointing towards Matty D are our win the race rankings, which we do high, hold in high regard. It's just I don't quite see why this time around. It can't make heads or tails of that. So now I've got one other head-to-head matchup that I want to call out. And then from there, we're going to talk about my driver group game lineup and another last-minute top five bet. It's kind of a flyer as part of that conversation. So we'll get to that in a second. But I've got, I think, I think I'm going to call this my favorite head-to-head of the weekend because we've got a driver who, when I was digging through the numbers, kind of jumped out to me a little bit going up against someone who we don't have anything on. It's Stuart Friesen versus David Gilwin. And this is also on Betfred. And they are both even odds minus 110 apiece explain to me how how are they even i don't get it gillen's hopping in the one truck this weekend and i was looking you know to kind of start looking at this from like a chronological order when i was digging into it i was saying to myself how am i going to take money on freezing he finished ninth in this race last season and it's not like he was really a big factor he was there just kind of hanging around At Charlotte, he's got two top fives and four top tens in his last five starts. So that's pretty consistent, right? For the Coke 600 stuff, I was harping on my pod and the NASCAR betting preview show on Twitter just about consistency. That's what we want to see. Well, four for five finishing the top ten is pretty damn consistent here in the truck series because, you know, all you got to do is look back at some of those restarts from 2022 and you're going to say to yourself, man, that how does anyone... How are they all surviving this? Because they were getting really aggressive there. And this season, looking at the mile and a half, he's third in average finish, 7.0. I mean, that's really impressive. He's got three top fives and three top tens for the year, okay? For the year in 10 starts. Two of those three good finishes happened on mile and a half racetracks. So... To me, it's like, man, this is where the 52 is shining so far this year. And how can we make money off him? Well, I don't know if I could muster up the courage to take him to win outright. Maybe a top five since he's, you know, two of his three top fives this year are a mile and a half. Maybe. Get him a good number there. But when I saw this matchup, I was like, holy shit, what is going on here? Why are they matched up? I mean... Looking at the win the race pre-ranks, he's the sixth top-ranked driver. The number one truck is ranked 17th. So there it is right there, the biggest discrepancy out of all the head-to-heads going into this race on Friday night. That right there is the biggest discrepancy. I'm not really sure what's going on here. David Gilliland jumping in, running a part-time race a one and done type of deal he hasn't run a race in the truck series since 2021 he hasn't finished in the top 10 since 2018 so if we're saying hey you know Friesen's most likely going to be in and around that top 10 area do we really see that with Gillen I mean has the number one truck been that good do we just have recency bias from what we saw last week with Bubba uh, a current cup series driver I don't see it so this is one that I am just, yes, minus 110, take my money, and we'll hope that Friesen doesn't get caught up 
in any of the craziness because to me, that's the only way he loses. And I'm going to knock on wood right there as I'm saying that. So the, the head-to-heads that I'm calling out here, Chase Purdy over Matty D, Stuart Friesen over David Gillen. Make it make sense. And if you remember a little bit ago, we talked about Corey Heim over Nick Sanchez. Now, um, if he can get Majeski in another head-to-head against somebody, you know, that wouldn't be looking into, be worth looking into. Hosevar over somebody, that would be looking into, but I just haven't seen that out there right now. So a couple guys I didn't really touch on, and I'm waiting on. Christian Eckes, number one. Uh, he's the number one ranked driver on win the race, and you know, like I said, that includes Darlington, but when you take Darlington out, he's not as you know, sexy looking on paper with his stats. So I'm just kind of waiting to see on Christian Eckes. Uh, and he has panned out for us. When we've seen him do well in practice and qualifying, we've taken him um, in that time span between that and the race. And it's paid off for us, whether it's a head-to-head or a top five or an outright. Um, so we're going to wait on Eckes. I want to see what he has coming off the truck. Ben Rhodes is, you know, he's scaring me. Um, he's got good numbers at Charlotte. He's got decent enough numbers on the mile and a half this year. He's 9.7 on the three races on his average finish and a pretty good driver rating as well. Um, and at Charlotte, I mean, second best average finish, third best driver rating. The thing with Ben Rhodes is he seems off. Like going into North Wilkesboro, you know, I thought we would see a lot more out of that 99 and he was just not really there. So, I'm a little shell-shocked for the 99 right now, but I am keeping my eyes on him because his stats are worth something. It's just I don't know how to maneuver around that and and throw something on him. Um, Maybe it's a head-to-head, but the head-to-heads that I've seen with him, I'm just, no, not liking I wouldn't want to bet against him because I'm waiting for him to to really break out and shine. So it's kind of just been a no-play for me so far. So that kind of breaks down all of the drivers that I wanted to get into on this episode. Uh, hope we're not moving too fast, but let's wrap things up because I want to go to the driver group game. I've called this out throughout the season. It's a, a game that we're playing on uh, where each week I've got certain set of starts. Each driver, I've got nine starts and I got to pick an A driver two B drivers and a C driver to fill my roster and how they finish will dictate how well I do. So I want to break that down because as part of this, there's another bet that I wanted to bring up to cap it off. So my A driver this week, I was big on Corey Heim, talked about him a lot earlier. We're going to put him in because I have not started him yet all season. So It's Corey Heim season right now. I have got nine starts left. I think he's one of the best drivers in this race. And I like him in my A slot over, you know, some of the others, big names like Rhodes, Hosevar, Eckes, Friesen, Zane. I'm going to save Zane. I still have nine spots for him or nine starts left for him. I still have nine starts for Eckes. Um, So playing my A drivers the right way, I think, so far this year. My roster management, my A squad has been pretty good because I get to use them down the road in the playoffs. Now, in the B slot, I'm throwing Chase Purdy in there. I've got eight starts left. I think he's the best B driver there is. Uh, 
You know, we're looking at guys like Matt Crafton, who I've used a ton so far. Nick Sanchez, I've used a ton so far. I only got three starts left for him. And for me, Sanchez in the B group, you know, I want to know that he's going to get those finishes. He is maturing. So I'm going to save Sanchez probably for later down the year when we get to these mile and a halfs. And here's one that might surprise someone. This isn't a, an actual bet, but Raja Karuth is my B2 starter. So Chase Purdy and Carruth are who I'm throwing in there. And the reason for that is on the win the rank or win the race rankings, he's 10th out of everyone in that 24 truck. So Raja is getting my B2 start just simply based on that alone. Um, you know, as far as like reason to take him and then trying to preserve some of my other drivers in the B category. Colby Howard is in, I put him on my bench. He had a good finish here. I think it was like 11th or something, um, some good speed, but now you're really getting down deep. So then we get to the C starter. And this is where I'm interested in taking a bit of a flyer on someone. Jake Garcia is going to be my C starter. I've got eight starts left for Jake. He's been impressive. I mean, like really shown some speed in the practice and qualifying sessions and the races. So you see this and you're kind of like, well, it's, it's kind of a, a joke, right? Like we're, we're not really serious about Jake Garcia, but, you know, looking at his pre-ranks on win the race, he's 15th out of everyone. So that's really solid. He's been practicing well, as I mentioned, but then how about this? 7.7 average finish. 7.7 average finish on the mile and a half racetracks. That is wild. That puts him fourth out of everyone in the truck series as far as average finish is concerned on the three mile and a half tracks. His finishes are eighth, tenth, and fifth. So he's done it one time, plus 500, Jake Garcia, a, a flyer, absolute flyer to finish in the top five. He's been starting really well. So if we see that again, I think that this is something that could be a little spicy. I think this is something that gets you going a little bit because when we're seeing some of these short odds towards the top of the board, you're kind of searching for ways to play it. Um, and he's someone who may be able to steal a top five at this racetrack. So putting that out there as the, the final talking point, the final bet of the episode. So that's the breakdown. Let us know what you think. I mean, is there anybody that we're missing after practice and qualifying? I see a bet that you like, you want some input on, let us know, hit us on Twitter. Derek, I'm sure will be posting this show out there. You can follow him at Derek Yoder underscore on Twitter and let us know what you got going on because we'll be down to hear other takes and other bets that are out there going into this awesome race weekend. Super excited. The only problem I've got with the truck series this weekend is that it's too short. We got the longest cut race of the year, man. We need the truck series to kind of fall in line as well. Um, we got 200 miles to go. That's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll make it through Friday night and hopefully we're going into the actual weekend with some money in our pocket. So thank you, as always, for listening to the NASCAR Betting Preview Show Truck Series Pod. Next week, I'm sure we'll be back with our fearless leader hosting the show next week. 
and um, we'll get back to it as normal. But thank you if you're listening this long for hanging with me on this solo episode. I hope it was worth it. And good luck this weekend at Charlotte on all of the races that you're betting on. And we will see you next week on the NASCAR Betting Preview Show podcast for Gateway. So we'll see you then. Good luck and happy Memorial Day. You